This episode of Palapalooza is sponsored by Rock and Roll San Diego. Rock and Roll San Diego offers rehearsal rooms, video production, recording studios, lessons, rentals, repairs, and more. A big thanks to Shannon and the crew at Rock and Roll San Diego for teaming up with Palapalooza. Learn more at rockandrollsandiego.com. One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. I bid you welcome. The power of Christ compels you. Here's Johnny. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Welcome to the third annual Palapalooza Halloween special. <laughs> I'm your host, Troy Cook, along with your co-host, Lucifer. Lucifer, how you doing, buddy? Honestly, I'm a little tired. I went to a show last night at Brick by Brick and was up pretty late. Other than that, I'm ready to go. We've got four Wednesdays in the month of October. So every episode this month will feature something having to do with Halloween or horror. Not too much, so if you don't like Halloween, you can still listen and enjoy. Right, Lucifer? Yeah, that's right. I'm a big fan. I love the podcast. Keep it up, Troy. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate it. We've got the palapa all decked out with uh, hung zombies and hooks and all sorts of decorations. I'll try to capture that in some of our video. So like Lucifer was saying, uh, we did go to a show last night at Brick by Brick. It was a lot of fun seeing everyone there. Our friends got to open up the night, nights like Thieves, Avenue Army, our boys uh, Max and Drew killing it as always. It was a great show. And uh, Lost Dakota, they've been on the podcast. It was really good seeing them. Yeah, they really killed it. They were amazing. I ran into an old friend, Jesse Valdez. He's good friends with the Rough and Avenue Army out front of Brick by Brick. And uh, he gave me some suggestions for the podcast, and I, I appreciated them. Uh, he's He listens a lot, and uh, he wanted me to change a couple things, and I, I really appreciated his uh, input. So anyone out there, if you have suggestions for this podcast, you know, it is a community podcast. It's not just mine. You guys listen. If you have suggestions, uh, feel free to hit me up. And I'll uh, credit you for, for any sort of suggestion or idea you, you have for uh, Palapalooza. But yeah, Jesse. Shout out Jesse Valdez, man. Jesse's definitely going to hell. <laughs> Jesse was, you know, he was getting a little tipsy out there in front of uh, Brick by Brick. We were having a good conversation. Genuine dude. Full of opinions on social media. <laughs> <laughs> A good dude, though, and I, I did appreciate his uh, his input, and I'll uh, I'll take it into consideration for sure. I'll see you soon, Jesse. <laughs> so uh, we'll try out, you know, some new uh, new questions, new segments. We'll try some new things. We're gonna try something new that's uh, kind of horror based, Halloween based. Today with uh, Ben from Lost Monarchs. I'm going to play a uh, theme from a Halloween movie, like the one that's playing behind me, and he has to guess what it is. Shit like that! And again, if you have uh, any suggestions, you know, or questions that you'd like me to ask, trying to keep it fun, uh, we're entering into the holiday season. It's insane. Summer ends, and the uh, instantly the holidays come around. So Christmas shit already in Costco. 
It's insanity. Oh, unreal. Happy October, guys. Again, we, we really do love Halloween. I love Halloween. My family does. So we try to incorporate it on the podcast as much as possible every October. Ben, Lost Monarchs. Let's chat with him, get to know him a little bit. He's going to jam a song on his 12-string acoustic. And again, we have video of this performance on our YouTube channel, Palapalooza Unplugged. If I could only find a golden key. Happy Halloween, Ben. Lost Monarchs. Glad to be here. Happy Halloween to you as well, Troy. <laughs> we, uh, we're coming up on it pretty quick here. My my um, little one won't stop talking about it, but... Yeah. We both have eight-year-olds. That's cool. That's the... Uh, that's it, it makes the the month that much better huh with with a kid i and i think um it's indicative of all of us kind of got it together around the same point we're like yeah it's about right. time to do it have a kid get, <laughs> get, get settled get into it i mean it's one thing to be you know maybe hitched up and get a nice place but then when you go for the kid it's a it's a whole different level of commitment right but like i, I feel like we did it around the same time we're like yeah yeah time yeah. yeah i was i was barely graduating from uh college at the time i did it and i went back to college a little later in life and two weeks after she was born i graduated okay wow two, so so little sleep oh my god yeah, i still remember because <laughs> i i did go back to college too i graduated when i was like 30 nice yeah i was 34 i was on the 10-year plan <laughs> A lot of people go to college for 10 years. Yeah, they're called doctors. But yeah. Yeah, we're, we're glad. We, we bought this place uh, on a Friday. We moved in on a Friday. Nice. And Sunday, when you know we hadn't even set up our mattress or, or our bed or anything, my yeah. wife walks in with the pregnancy test. We found out about three days after moving into our house. So oh, wow. it almost felt like it was sort of meant to be in a lot of ways. Serendipitous. Yeah. You yeah. just pulled in and it's like, I mean, come on, a place to raise a kid. This is a great spot. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Where, yeah. where are you from? Um, originally from the Midwest. Um, cool. Born in Wisconsin, eh, raised in Chicago. So where right my on. music kind of comes from is all is all Chicago influenced and, and, you know, sort of obviously some of my life and whatnot. But yeah. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. That's, Chicago's uh, are talkers, huh? We we like to talk. We like to uh, you know uh, socialize. <laughs> That's and, cool. And we're we're really uh, we're loyal folks, you know. Right so um, and speaking of that, the the guitarist in my band, um, Dallas, that's a fellow I've known for a long time. We met back in in the in the day when he was actually in college for musical performance at uh, Columbia uh, downtown there. Uh, I want to say it's like right off the loop, uh, real you know prestigious music college. Bumped right. into him at all of all places. I was at a coffee shop in the suburbs. Bump into him, and I, I had been uh, doing the drum circle, just kind of messing around with music. I was just like, I wasn't ready to get into a band, but I was like, I can do some of this stuff. And All I was right. at a drum circle. I was I was a drummer at that time, I guess, but I had played guitar most of my life. So here we are. Um, he's like, Hey, can you can you like play real drums? And I was like, Oh, you mean like like a kit? And he's <laughs> like. Yeah, why don't you come over to my friend's house? And I was like, okay, I'll take this like pawn shop kid I had at the time. And so I drag it over there to his buddy's house, and he's in this like kind of little posh part of the suburbs, you know, quiet. They like to quiet. Yeah. And so we pull in this little four piece like wannabe, I don't know what we wanted to be at the time. <laughs> Bassist shows up. Um, the guy's guy who owns the house is a keyboardist. And nice. all four of us are sitting there. We start playing. I think we got through most of one, we got through one song and then most of a second one before around the, my left side come the local police department now they're not guns yeah. drawn or anything but they're just like sure looking at us like all right and we just kind of stopped about halfway through the song kind of looked up sheepishly we're like too loud and they're like not too loud yeah loud. <laughs> so, 
But I'll tell you, we had some knockdown parties after that at that same place. And we got to the point where the cops were like, oh, it's these guys? They don't cause any problems. Just stop calling us. They would actually tell the neighbors to be like, relax, they'll be done at 1130. Like, they're not doing anything wrong. We know this crowd. It was... But anyway, that's how I met Dallas, and you know, okay. fold that into many years later. We yeah. we uh, came we, we came back together in 2015 okay. in, in LA of all random places to meet. Um, I had been living there, kind of doing the um, low key music thing, cover band, just kind of you yeah. know writing on my own, and not really getting anything super serious. And then he calls me out of the blue one day, says, "I'm living in Denver, and I want to move to LA and be in a band with you." And I was like. Um, yes, and yes, please, because we had we'd done some stuff a couple of years back. We'd reunited the old band, and we, you know, so in the and the chemistry was definitely still there. So you know, one thing happens to um, God. We ended up at Molly Malone's for our first gig. It's just the two of us with um, me on guitar. He had a guitar, but he also had this crazy little chaosolator thing, this chord gaslighter, making these big beats. We were doing this sort of like hippie jam band, big beat, <laughs> um, uh, like. I don't know, know what it was. It was so hard to describe, <laughs> but it was cool. I Not think too I, different from Lost Monarchs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, it uh, was kind of hippie jam bandish, right? Right. It was for the just most part, yeah. With it, with the um, without the the refinement that it's come to now, right? To totally. Yes. So um, absolutely. So yeah, that was the, that was the genesis of sort of that the, the Lost Monarchs huh? here. Yeah. I mean, it, technically, it started all those years ago, but Lost Monarchs started in LA, you know, cool. 2015, and we moved down here pretty quickly. I was actually on my way down, and he came down from LA, and then we unified and we've rotated through some members but it's always been he and i and um back in 2018 we added uh, our drummer who's been with us now since then um and then our keyboardist just recently joined last year uh god wait was it last year no the year before last because that whole last year was last like year's a, a it's like a void scratch oh, scratch it off done yeah, yeah so that, that here we are a quartet and it's kind That's of in you. you know kind of wh- where we feel comfortable so awesome yeah very cool and you have the new album, Hindsight 2021. I'm holding it. You have tangible copies, CDs. That's cool that you're still doing that. It's it's a, a need from uh, some of our people. They just they they love to have it. Our overseas, yeah, love well, to totally. order CDs. You know, it's we talk about that a lot. I think there's still a market for CDs. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think people still like that tangibility. You know, they still appreciate that. You know, remember when you used to open up and see the artwork and see who they thanked, you know, the oh, thanks and all that. So all that like the long I mean, they were terribly eco unfriendly, but the long boxes, all the artwork, I mean, cr- you know, crank back to vinyls, you got that twelve by twelve, that beautiful, you know, uh uh twelve by twelve canvas to work on. I mean, for me it's like I honestly think what you're getting online is great, but remember as a from a text side, your your best you're getting is an is a lightly compressed mp3 you're not right. even getting flac you're not getting wave format so you're not getting the full dynamics of the song honestly that to me that cd if you put that on your headphones is going to sound two three four times better five times better than what you're going to get online simply because you have the full dynamic range you're not limited by compression so for me as from an audiophile standpoint i'm like yes please buy the cd go listen to that because that to me is the best expression of what what i tried to do when i was producing and engineering the album so oh so you, you did know. produce and engineer this very yeah. cool yeah because i can tell you have some basic uh, terminology there yeah it That's was cool. uh, it, it all came from the necessity years ago we sure. figured it out four track recorders with tape and then now it's the task cams oh, right yeah. maybe oh yeah. yeah so much fun um it is fun yeah. I, yeah i have a background in radio and i, I used to cut reel to reel with my dad back oh, in the 80s man. yeah Splice it and what did you? What did you work? That's, that's, my dad had a show called Hooked on Trivia. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. The trivia, a lot of AM radio. So okay. XTRA, KFMB, yeah, a yeah. lot of San Diego AM stations so because you you have the you have the voice of a, of a radio guy like or it's in your genes somewhere it's, like, i'm a podcaster bro yeah, you, know? it's, it's, you got the radio voice i've been I, djing for a while too i do like weddings and okay. um you know i dj and i sing in a band right. i sing like a punk rock band ready set survive that's right i, I yeah. keep seeing that flying around i'm like wait that's troy's band yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i keep seeing the stuff on instagram i'm like that's your band. That's We're so awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, we should play a show. I think we should. I always like to connect with uh, other bands, and, and, you know, it's a good networking uh, opportunity, but yeah. You know, when we get, you know, you, you hear our music and you go, oh, you know, it's, it's easy to go like, oh, they sound a lot like fish or, you know, something like that. Grateful Dead, you know, yeah. The, and don't, don't get me wrong. I love fish. I mean, Mike Gordon's one of my favorite bassists, but... When it comes down to it, my first band, it was a punk rock band. I knew four chords. Totally. I made noise. My amp was built in a gasoline can, for crying out loud. Like, from, from my roots, <laughs> Was it really? It was literally like a little thing about this big. Someone shoved a speaker in there, a little amp, and that's what I played out of for years until I learned what guitar really was to play. But, like, not that punkers don't, but, like, I was, I loved that, and I still do. I love that, that um, visceral you know, raw expression of emotion. And if it comes out with some distortion on my bass guitar on that song and we're going a little faster, then that's what we're doing. And so the Lost Monarchs kind of have, we're kind of like four-sided. We're, we, you know, we get that jammy side, we get the rock side, we get the little harder rock side, and then we can totally go into dreamland where you're like, did I just drop something? Like, I mean, I don't think I dropped my pen, but I think it might've dropped something else, like on my tongue. And all of a sudden right. we're like, I just had a beer. Was there something in that beer? And it, we, we can get that way. And we love it because we like to, for me, I'm an entertainer. So I like to see people out there doing, even if they're just kind of going like this, just swaying. Right. That little sway, like a, like a you know. Totally. It's, or they're dancing like a freak. I love it. You're kind of so. controlling energy a little bit, huh? As, as a musician or yeah. like a DJ, you know? Oh, totally. You're controlling someone's energy in a lot of ways. Especially if they're that. on something. You know, a lot of people are drunk at shows, but we, we were talking about shrooms yeah, yeah. off mic. You, you have mushrooms on your the back of your artwork, and I think you guys are sort of into uh, mushrooms, right? And chomping on those, or you, you have been in the past? Oh, oh yeah. We, um, I what are the say, good mushrooms? What? Well, the, you know, the, the good mushrooms are from somebody you trust. That's what it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, they're, they're always no going to... fentanyl s- in mushrooms, right? Oh, God, no. I hope not. Um, right. I mean, that's the one thing about those, and kind of about cannabis as well, is that because it's grown and it has to be grown in very particular conditions, I feel like those types of poisons couldn't really be added in easily unless someone was so premeditated about it that they, you know, right. did something, you know, deeper than that. But I, I think unfortunately with chemical, with chemicals that have to be mixed right. or made, all you got to do is drop a little bit in there and, then, crazy, and right? then it just, it all you need, what is it, a, a micro, yeah. a tenth of a microgram like or something like that, yeah. a fentanyl to... to Lights out. Yeah. I mean, and it's insane, but it's, you know, in its proper use, it's okay for you, delivered by a doctor properly through a, you know, like the littlest. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And even then it's dangerous. They don't even really love using fentanyl, most doctors. What do they use it for? What is the medical purpose? I'm going to say it's, it is a a tranquilizer, painkiller, not an, not an opiate, but then again, I might be talking out of the side of my mouth because I'm not a right. medical professional. I do not provide medical advice in this podcast. <laughs> we so. are not doctors if you didn't fucking realize that. <laughs> but what I will oh, cool. say about mushrooms is the experience is one that I feel like, even if you never partake in anything else, even cannabis or anything like that, <laughs> and you want to find something out about you and you're okay with somebody being with you and you want to take it in a safe space, a low dose, I say try it, you know, and you feel like comfortable in your mind. You want to do that. You know, I mean, when I was a young kid, I did it because 
why not? Like, let's do it. At 16, running around like a madman, I ended up, you know, jumping into a pool. I mean, I was it was <laughs> it was amazing for me because it like it, it let me realize that all the silliness and goofiness that I had sort of built into me, it was okay to embrace that once in a while because it's often but society often you know, says calm down use your inside voice and okay fine that's why music is so great for me because totally. i get to get up there and as long as it's not blowing your your face off i'm gonna be up there and be loud that, right. that music's gonna be heard on the street I'm, i want you to feel my bass guitar i want you to totally. feel sense all your senses are going because yeah. i'm here to entertain you and if i'm not doing those things if i'm not you know, flipping the switch on those senses throughout my show. I'm not doing the right work. I'm not, I shouldn't be doing this. I, I'm, I'm doing it for something else, not for you. And you mean being the audience right. because yeah, I love it. I love playing music. I love making it. It's part of me. But if God, the people can't be entertained and they can't just go somewhere else in their mind or, or maybe if they are partaking in something, go somewhere farther out in their mind and, and find something, then I'm not doing my job as a musician, but that's my very unique philosophy, I guess. I'm very, you know. That's well said. Right. Yeah. And I feel like music is sort of a natural high, right? Oh, you you certainly God. get a natural high playing on stage, and uh, you get those uh, that uh, uh, energy going. It's, uh, you, you don't even need drugs, kids. Drugs are bad. Marijuana is bad. That's correct. Um, no, and honestly, you know, it's, it, it's funny that you say that because it, it, music is its own soothing is its own excitement it, it it basically if you can control the kind of music that you're giving to people you can help them find a way to control themselves you know themselves like if they're searching for a way to find a way to calm down or to or to get that energy up in the morning most people realize it that it's music that does it but some people have never discovered how much music could help them to guide them through a simple day just right. having the right kind of music to listen to to get you amped up to get you focused to get you calmed down you know like okay. whatever it is i don't know it's i think it's it's something we make and it's a universal language obviously nobody nobody can misunderstand it from top right. of the globe to the bottom to the side to all the way around everybody understands it doesn't matter what language you speak you know to communicate music is there right totally. and why is that yeah I don't know, but because of that, it is a healing agent. And when you compound it with things like psychedelics, you know, psilocybin or things like that, that is something that then takes it farther beyond just that, that gentle healing that music does. It takes you a little more of an extreme place, but it, it also allows you to address things that are sort of stuck in here in the subconscious, you know, right. like that, that, uh, that maybe often cause you woe or distress or bad dreams or whatever, or, you know, but with those things, especially, I think there's there's something about them that it's not like, you know, the lysergic, like the LSD or anything. It's it's something different with, with psilocybin. It's just, it has a more... Now, yeah, don't get me wrong. You take too much, you took too much of anything. <laughs> I don't care what it is. But just What's psilocybin? Enough. So psilocybin is the... Um, uh, uh, is that the ingredient in that's shrooms? That's the active ingredient in shrooms, right. Kind of um, like THC to weed? Yeah. That's what that's gets a, you high? Yeah, basically. And it just it. It's just the, um, the psychedelic effect of it. And Is it a fungus? Some sort or some sort of like, I know that it's a. I mean, it's just like your poison, right? I mean, I guess that's, you that's, could say. Or? It's too okay. To to my best understanding, it is definitely <laughs> a fungus, just like any mushroom you slice right. up and have on your pizza. But because of this particular chemical makeup of it, it is you know it is uh, uh, psychoactive, right? And and yes, it is technically poisoning you. But the the funny thing is, is it's such a low level. Not funny like haha, but the strange <laughs> thing is, it's such a low level that what your mind does with it is sort of it just kind of plays with your mind a little bit, and it almost 
I don't know. For some people, it might be bad. I can see that because it, you oh, know, yeah. it can destabilize what you know to be real if you're not ready for it. But if you're kind of ready for it, totally. and you have a guide, or you just have your friends with you, a you shaman. Know, a sh- <laughs> if you want a shaman, I can't believe we're sh- talking about this two weeks in a row. Because, like I said, we had Moxie and Loon on yeah, last yeah. week, and they were talking about uh, ayahuasca trips, oh. shaman-led uh, uh, ayahuasca seven-day. That's trips. Like I mean, tune into yeah, sort of a peyote kind of thing, a real wow. cleansing where you vomit and and you know your bowels, you know, you shit yourself, and it's it's bad, it's, but good. It seems a little extreme, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And then we were talking about DMT too. It's it's funny that we're uh, <laughs> see that's where I worry because DMT. But then again, have you done DMT? Yeah, I, I feel like there there are limits to where and what I want to let into my body to take me to those places because I've been right. there already. Yeah. I've done a lot of, let's say extraneous substances throughout my life <laughs> and i found that that cannabis is the primary that helps to you know um it delivers the things i need you know and then with mushrooms that's a, like i said gosh it's been three years probably since my last one but every time that it, it happens it's just a beautiful experience because i go in there ready for what it's going to open up for me what it's going to show show me in my mind that i've maybe locked up or or refused to deal with or whatever and sometimes that's a little harsh obviously that thing that gets opened up but that's why you're with your friends you know you don't don't do it by yourself i mean yeah that would would seem brutal yeah i just totally no and again the the only reason we're talking about this is because the back of their artwork uh hindsight 2020 their new album has some shrooms on it so that kind of led to this uh, conversation. Look here. at the CD cover. Actually, yeah. pop, pop it open, pull the CD cool. out, and then you'll see... Uh, and that's available. I was just planning on Spotify, on all streaming platforms. Uh, check out Lost Monarchs' new stuff. Wow, that's cool. So that's Real the, bright. Love that's it. The, um, that's the other type of mushroom that I have no experience with, but it's supposed to be one of those that's very much on that ayahuasca peyote side of things like much more intense much something you definitely would want to guide through because i don't know from what i was hearing on that special it was pretty intense so um yeah on the album cover you know it's a real pretty landscape and you have like i i would call them like red capped mushrooms right mm-hmm. those are the intense ones yes what do you call those <laughs> um gosh it's it's um the name escapes me and i'm totally okay. i'm um but what I will say is if you want to find out more about it, uh, what was it? Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia on Hulu. Right. That's where I first learned about him. And he seemed pretty sensible about it, so, you know, sort of the way he um, explained it. And he was coming from a mostly solid scientific sure. base, right? You know, because yeah. that's the one thing with some of these, you have to be careful where you get your advice from, right? Make sure it's not just somebody who just loves to go up there and out there. Right. Make sure it's somebody <laughs> who's going to respect that you want to do something with it. You actually want to achieve a goal. Right. And you know, maybe that goal is to just finally relax and not worry about it. Maybe that's your goal. Maybe your goal is to sort of crack open those 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 eggs that are in there and you just want to get something loose, have somebody with you who can guide you. Because, yeah, I mean, from memories of times before, they were all positive, but I know that I kept it positive because it was in here, but somebody else might not be able to, right, and not feel comfortable with that. So, sure. um, But, yeah, we uh, I want to talk a little bit, actually, yeah. uh, about North County. Thank God North County has the poorhouse. I'm telling you. Yeah, oh, man. I was man. just going to mention that. Uh, October 21st. Yes. Five bucks. Two sets. Two sets. You guys are a jam band. Oh, yeah. We so don't... the poorhouse, October 23rd. That's rad. Well, I would say when we play Winston's down in, in Ocean Beach and when Love we play there. the poorhouse up there, we don't have a second band. We don't have an intro band because we, okay. we, can, we can literally do three hour long sets and not repeat anything. And, and it's not simply because our wow. song is jam. It's simply because we write a lot of music that fills a good amount of space. And um, yeah. and it 
you know, with our jams, remember, uh, live uh, live uh, session to live session, they're going to change. Right. They're not going to be the same jam. That's right. the nice thing about it. That's the thing that drew us back to bands like Fish and the Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers is that, yeah, they jammed, but they were never the same. And so if you tuned into what they were doing in the jam, that's a whole other level of just, oh, they're playing simple again. Oh, cool, symbols right. in a band. It's like, oh, Fish, right. yay. But if you listen to what Trey's doing and how he sonically talks to Paige and how Paige sonically talks to Mike and how Mike talks to, to Fishman, then you go, oh, they have got another level happening here. Right. And that's for me as a, as a nerd, as a music nerd, I just link right into that. But for the average person, there are people <laughs> who realize that that's what they're doing. That's the language they're using to communicate. And that fascinates people. Really even the layman. Yeah, even yeah. just the non-musician just goes, they're totally yep. talking to each other right yep. now, like yep. without saying a word. You know, and it's, it's another beautiful. band that comes to mind is Dave Matthews. We've yes. seen them a few times. Uh, my brother and his wife are really into them, but I've seen them live, and yeah, they are just the ultimate jam band. And it's, it, and it's that you know, like um, you know, Dave starts a riff, and then uh, what is it, Stefan? Stefan's the bass player, um, and then uh, Carter Beauford, uh, drummer. That's amazing I'm, drummer. I remember off the top of my head, but um, just the three of those guys. I mean, being in a rhythm section, a rhythmic melodic section, was were always impressive to me. Like totally. I mean, I never actually got to saw, see them live, but I've heard all their music, and you know, I can tell that even in the studio, there's something about it that's like a little jammy. Like they they know yeah. what they're gonna do, but not exactly. Yeah, you know, like and it was same with us. We got yeah. we you know yeah we recorded to a click for a couple of them, just simply for sanity's sake. Right. But there were a couple points where we were like I built some of these jams in the production in the post production. Like I I looked at stuff that was recorded and go yeah that's gonna fit here and then I'll do this and then I'll add an effect and and created the jams out of this base material that the guys gave me. But live, I mean that's just one way to do it. We could play it ten different ways. That you know right. you see us ten different times, right? But it will probably still be about eight minutes or something, that particular song you're listening to, and it'll still have that same song vibe, but the jam's always different. Yeah. So it's like, it, it just gives you another thing to look at and look forward to when you come to our show. You know, besides, you know, we hopefully, we can interact with you and not only get, you know, 45 minutes on stage, which is, oof, we barely get warmed up at that point. <laughs> <So it's> like, <laughs> That's amazing. You mentioned BPMs and it, it brought something to mind. Uh, Hunky Tonk Woman by uh, the Rolling Stones. That's a great... Yeah, oh, that's yeah, so well. The, it starts off at let's say 100 BPM, and they didn't record to a click. Yeah, and it's just naturally. If you listen to that song, it naturally gets faster. Mm-hmm. And there's there's kind of, there's nothing wrong with that, right? That it, and that's everyone's the- so you know into playing to a click these days, which is probably good for the most part, but. I don't know. Let let emotion take over a little bit, right? I feel like uh, I feel like okay. So there's a balance, and this is a discussion yeah. we've had in the band. Trust me, we were talking all about this. What I like. Oh my about, god, it's raining! I know, right? The rain is coming down. That's I was like, trip. Yeah, this is happening. I need um, to bring my uh, camera in here. Do you, do you want to move your uh, oh, yeah, your guitar there? We're in. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, trippy. We're getting a little bit of rain here, but it's all good. That's okay. On this. Okay. Episode one, Halloween episode. We'll get to some Halloween stuff here shortly. Oh, definitely. Uh, with Ben. Yeah, and um, I don't know what I was saying there, but... Uh, We're talking about like BPM and all BPM. that. BPM. So uh, in a nutshell, basically the way I thought of it from an engineer standpoint is just have something for me to establish everything on. I, I just need that tick, tick, right. tick. Because yeah, in totally. production, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the production part of it, you, you need that just because you need to arrange, make sure like, say the drummer's perfect on that whole thing except for a couple kick beats right i can do that without a click and fix it but what if he has like eight of them right and i gotta oh or you know or the base baseline needs to hold a little longer or it needs to hit at a certain point it's just a good reference point for me as an engineer and producer but 
overall, we don't play to a click outside, like outside of the, that environment. And some songs, we literally just started with a click. And then the, then the song just went on by itself. So you'll hear that on the album. You can tell a couple of them there you could probably put a click to and be like, oh yeah, it's about this tempo. But most of them we let be natural. And again, the, the natural idea is like, if that guitar got recorded, if I recorded that guitar, I wouldn't touch anything on the EQ unless it had too much of it. Otherwise, I just wanted to let the natural sound through. So you'll hear that, like guitar sounds like a guitar. Not all scooped in the mid-range and fattened up in the bottom and made to sound really heavy. It's like, guitar sounds just like it did when it came out of the cabinet. Like, exactly. And that's, I, I this was a dream for me actually to be able to produce, to, to engineer and produce um, this, you know, an album for my my band. I mean, I've done it on a small scale, but never like kind of this bigger scale. And, and um, it's exciting. So, you know, to see people going, oh yeah, I really dig that album. It sounds great. I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't do shit to it. No. Oh my god, the hours! Oh, the hours spent. Yeah, on it. a lot of hours. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm I, a perfectionist. I have to admit, it's kind of refreshing to hear your your views on like just kind of keeping it natural in a an era where we're sort of overproduced, right? A little bit. Yeah, it's. But see, that's the thing too. Is I don't want to hate on that. Because no, not to hate. My, my own yeah. band is 100%. Like, it's you, it's you just where those, we're at. You want those kick beats. Like when those kick beats, like a blast beat comes in or something. I don't know if you, your drummer's like a blast like drummer. Like a 808 or yeah, something. Or, like, or even just like a, you know, oh, like yeah. a really quick thing like that. You might want to trigger on his bass drum as well right. as, a, as a mic. And you might want to just really, really clip that in and close that that um, uh, that sound wave down when, you, when you're editing that. Because right. I could see that. I can see that in my head what that would look like on a... On a um, uh, uh, DA, uh, DAW screen, right? Sure. So the I visual think, wave of it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's um, and yeah. and most guys would go. Oh, I don't use triggers. I'm not a metal band, but a trigger really helps because then it gets it gets all the sensation of that drum skin, and it also gives it a nice smack. You know. So if you want to get the, that that double bass pattern to really stand out without over EQing it, you add the trigger in, and then you mix the two signals together. But that's and that requires everything to be locked. I mean, locked down to a click because any movement you make, you know, could shit on the actual vibe of the song. Like it could, like all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, this is all wrong. And so for me, a guide, I just let it be a guide. And if a whole song needed to be there, I've done that a couple times, but it was always like a song like mystery to me. I want to say that's like one of the second track or something that's at 120 beats per minute. And that is to a click the whole time. Right, because that's a short song. It's about four minutes long, and it just feels good to get. You have some longer songs, huh? Yeah, I but, saw a couple six thirties in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they get they get a little good for longer. You, guys. you know why the fuck not? Why why not a thirty minute song? I think I've had that conversation before. I mean, I guess Echoes by it, Pink Floyd comes to mind. Not very radio friendly, but gives a shit about radio. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> well, think about the band Sleep. I mean, one of their one of their songs. What was it? Uh, Dope Smoker is like. An hour long or something like that, or forty-five <laughs> minutes. I mean, those guys. I mean, that guy went on to do High on Fire, which was like insanely go. fast stuff, which is super long songs. I'm like, how do you grind metal for eight minutes straight like that? These guys are monsters. Wow. But like, um, but yeah, no. Back in back in the day, Sleep was like that. They were this kind of, I don't know, like Black Sabbath ran into the Grateful Dead and all did acid together. I don't know, but it was like <laughs> even heavier, and it was just this. I don't know. They're 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 just out there. But there's that song, Dope Smoker, was one of those really like. Wow, and there wasn't much variety in it. It's not the variety we provide sure. to our songs, but the idea of it was, fuck it. Like, we're yeah. just going to play this song, and you hear bong hits being taken, like like little bubbles <laughs> happening. Like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, That's right. why your songs are so long. You're all stoned. <laughs> 
sponge. <laughs> no, and that's the funny thing is, is people think they're like a jam. Oh, you guys just must go off and do. No, no, no. We're always thinking, always thinking about the, um, oh, your camera bag there. Um, always thinking about the, um, the people out there and have they had too much. Right. right? Is it getting too long in the tooth? Because sure. we don't want to do that. Yeah. We don't, I mean, and, and that's the fate of some bands is that they do that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Who are some of your favorite local bands here in San Diego? Ooh, gosh. Um, I'll say off the, um, off the top of my head. One or two or someone you've played with that really gosh. sort of stands out? You know, um, God, it's been so, I mean, like, there was such a dropout between us and the rest of the world for, their, for, for so long. I just, I think about the bands that were together then and might even not be together now. Um, yeah, I know, COVID killed some, some bands. It really for sure. did. Um, there's, a, there's a regional band that I really like. Uh, they're called the Higgs, but I'm not sure how okay. active even they are. They were super active before the, the pandemic. I think they're based out of Costa Mesa. Okay. Um, and they're another kind of along our, you know, lines kind of thing. But I'll tell you who is. Um, and who, who are two bands that I know get plenty of attention in this in this town, but um, they deserve it. Uh, Modern History, yeah, um, and Aviator Stash. Two, yeah. of, two of my my boys are in those bands, and they are super cool. I mean, they've um, they've always been really nice to us, and always been really accommodating. Even though our our styles are kind of drastically different, you know, Modern History has like a six minute song where the whole crowd is bopping up and down, right. you know, because they just that's the way they work their crowd. We have a six minute song where the where the crowd is kind of swaying, like you know. Yeah like uh, grass blades in the wind, you know? So it's just, we have a kind of a different vibe, but I like their energy. I like their dedication and bands like that are few and far between. Um, And they just, they play to whoever, but they play to good crowds because they connect with their crowd. They always, they always seem like the the lead singer is always reaching out and just, come on. He'll get people to sit down at the, I don't want to say THC, was it at the holding company? He had like half the crowd sitting down on a bar floor while he sang him a song. I was like, Damn, that's dude. cool. I mean, that's that's what you were saying. Like, music has this ability to make you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. we'll sit down on the ground and listen. That's not to a bad song. idea, like, actually. People get sick of standing on their feet. You right? know, you know, yeah. like, and and they're pretty high intent. You know, they're pretty high energy. Modern they history. Are. So Those are two great shout outs, man. We've had yeah. both of them on the podcast, and uh, we, my band, has been fortunate enough to play with Aviator Stash a couple times. Uh, I would consider them friends. Yeah, they're they're amazing. Yeah, Aviator Stash is really that type of band that. I, I could see doing big things with their uh, release, um, uh, prescribed television. Prescribed television. That's that right. That album. I tell Greg, like, God, you guys should really shop that because it, it is it's, very marketable and, and mainstream sounding. It gets a lot of movement on Spotify. Like, totally. it gets a lot. Of, I'm like, God, just outs, like, man. just a door has to get kicked open, right? But yeah. I will shout out to one other person in this town that has kept this town alive music wise for 30 years. Tim Piles. Tim Piles, yeah. right there. Tim is my boy. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, he is Tim. like, he gave us a chance when nobody else would. One of those guys who's just like, I don't care if you're not in a punk band yeah. or you're not in a rock band or whatever. Come over here. I'll give yeah. you a sh- He gave us a shot at the Casbah. We had been itching for that place for years. He said, All right, come on over. Play at the Casbah. I was like, I love it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and he's just one of those dudes. He'll just hook you up. We're actually doing the Wonder Bus with him a little later this Rad. month, too. Yeah, because yeah, that, I guess the Wonder Bus broke down. Like, literally, the old London Fog, like, two story bus just broke down. They're like, it. we right. need a couple weeks to get the parts from, from London. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> so they canceled everything, then rebooked it, and we just got rebooked for cool. uh, 16th, I want to say. We'll just be cruising around of San this Diego. Month? Yeah, Very just cruising cool. around San Diego, having fun. So The Wonder Bus is great. Yeah, he keeps uh, reaching boy. out to me with certain dates, but we're not available. But yeah, the Wonder Bus is a cool thing. Thing. It really Double is. decker bus right in the middle of COVID when venues weren't open. Just it's sort of a, a brilliant idea that 
I can't believe it has never been around here in San Diego. It's always beautiful weather. It's always great. Uh, you know, it's perfect sort of environment for that. You know, bands play on top of the bus, open air. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that, you know, it kind of gets a little unstable, you know, and, and sound <laughs> can be different than a stage. Um, and you got the wind blowing, uh, you know, sometimes yeah. you hop on the freeway, I think. But, uh, <laughs> and you're like, hold on. <laughs> it's, dude, a, it's a fucking experience, you know, which is, I think, what, what being in a band is all about, you oh, know, yeah. playing different shows. And it seems like, an awesome experience, and just for that, I would like to play it. Yeah, you I know? think I think it would be. I don't fun. give a shit if no one's there and just playing on a bus. You that's know? that's the thing, and then you get to play a little differently than you normally do. I mean, right. you just get to apply your your skills a little differently. You got in ear monitors, you don't have amps, yeah, all that stuff. Exactly. So you kind of got to like, okay, it's a little different, but I can do this. <laughs> like, and it's for me, that's just another challenge in this in the series of challenges that every you know gig provides, right? Right. It's like got to play with monitors that are blown, or got to you know uh, the drummer can't hear himself, or you know my drummer is my my secondary singer. He backs me up a lot. Okay. Or, you know, when he leads sings a couple of, he leads sings on Won't Let Her Go, and right. I back him up on that. Um, and if I can't hear him and he can't hear me, sometimes a song can go, like, vocally real south real if quick. harmonies are off, yeah, it yeah. throws everything off. Because then it's just not, it's like, oh, man, yeah. oh, we might as well have not done that. <laughs> so you play bass and sing, correct, for yes. the band? But today yes. you're, you have your 12 string. You're yes. going to rock a song. What song are you playing? So this, um, grab this little girl here. All right. Um, so, uh, backstory real quick. The band, the band, uh, one of the first songs we recorded was um, was actually a song called Gypsy Trail. I'm going to move oh, this cool. mic over here to get myself correct. Um, we're not going to uh, play it yet. We're going we're gonna to cut the... We're gonna cut this and I'll move things around, but you can grab your guitar. Though. I'm, I'm going to hold it. That's here. a pretty so, one. All right, so this... Um, so the way, the way I got started in rock and roll and in music, right. I wrote this song called Gypsy Trail. And it was a song about pretty much not knowing where you're going and what you're doing but you're just trying to get there i guess so there's a lot of uncertainty a lot of unsureness but uh sure. but definitely a drive to get to where i eventually wanted to be right. and um so when i wrote that song it was on a 12 string different one but it was on a 12 string and that song got re-recorded gosh three or four times and then it came to my band in 2018 they recorded it we had a different drummer at the time um but it just kind of came in this a little slower than we used to do it. And it was a little grungier. And I was like, oh, yeah. But the original song came out on a 12-string, me sitting on the back of my van, literally living in a van down by the river. I mean, that's <laughs> where I wrote this song. I mean, Chris it, Farley coming up next, I folks. Mean, right? It was, it was that kind of serious. <laughs> Gypsy Trail, I look forward to it. How long of a song is it? Uh, it's about four minutes. Cool. Yeah. We'll record audio. We'll have video. Uh, again, we're going to cut. Uh, after we do our Halloween segment Sweet. here, okay. and we'll shoot some video of Ben performing Gypsy Trail again. Uh, you know, follow us, subscribe on YouTube. We'll have some video of there. He's playing with the Bones Brothers this month. They're going to be rocking out. What, what do we say, Barry and Larry? Barry and Larry, but they yeah, got a rhyme. Barry and Larry, Barry yeah. and Larry Bones will be involved in this uh, this jam sesh here coming up soon. This could be tough for you, Ben, because I know you're not too too into Halloween, are you? Well, um, I'd say. Uh, 50-50. I'm into music, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take this challenge simply because I'm going to take the challenge. familiar, you know, like just a music nerd. It, uh, you know, it, it gives us something different to do for the month of October. I'm a total Halloween dork. You saw the dead bodies in my uh, driveway, right? Yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're all into Halloween. But uh, I'm going to play a, a horror music theme from a, a horror movie. All right. The theme. And you got to tell me the movie, all right? Okay. You know this one, right? Yeah, this one is... Uh, uh, Friday the 13th Oh man, you're in trouble Oh no, oh god, no, this is um... This was meant to be like a gimme oh. You know, 
<laughs> Hold on. Dun, 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 dun. White no. mask. Oh right. William Hall- Shatner mask. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? It was, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, Michael course. Myers. All right. Jeez. Michael Myers guy. It's, you that, got that. Fender's like, okay, I'm gonna come over and sit by you, make you feel better. Fender's giving you, yeah, <laughs> sympathy. <laughs> sympathy hug. How about this one? All right. I'll, you know, if it takes you a second, and for our listeners too, you can chime in or maybe compete against each other. Ooh. This is a 70s movie. Oh. 70s horror movie. God, it's such a good soundtrack, though. It's like, great. listen to that melody. Mike Oldfield wrote this song. Oh, is this um, either Rosemary's Baby or Poltergeist? No. Neither? Neither. Oh. You're, you're kind of, you're in the right vein. Oh, gosh. Think uh, demonic possession. Oh, um, seventies. Not, not Amityville Horror. Nope. Oh, demonic possession. Man, people back in—I I, want to say this is seventy-six. Uh, people were leaving the theaters, throwing up and fainting. Oh. It was so scary. Well, yeah. Still considered one of the the scariest horror movies of all time. Oh god. It's always in the top ten. And it's not Poltergeist. God. Poltergeist I'm, is a, a great theme. But, but, but no, no, no it's, it's the one where she gets little uh, girl gets possessed. It's oh. the power of Christ compels her. Oh, oh the Exorcist! The Exorcist! Oh, the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Fender's like, yeah, you got it, dude. Fender's like, come on, man, get your shit together, <laughs> on, I pal. I need these answers. <laughs> A dog knows the answers. The originator of the modern slasher. Well, that would be. Well, that would have to be the the, the Freddy Freddy movies, no, right? This was way before Freddy. Way before sixties. Oh, geez, now you're going back there. Slasher movies. Let me think. This was really like the the originator of the the slasher film. You know, you had all the the old school horror Frankenstein, Dracula, and then right. this came along and really changed the game for the most part. Was this a Vincent Price thing? No. No, but that, good guess. I'm, I'm, I feel like Alfred Hitchcock. Ah, of course it's Hitchcock. Now, oh, the first slasher that would be um, uh, Psycho. Yeah, man. Now, see, I, I have to bring it all back from uh, <laughs> deep in the memory banks. <laughs> Still such a classic. My mother, she isn't quite herself today. <laughs> the uh, you have a you have a kid, an eight year old. Yes, you may know this one. Oh yes, Adam's family. There you go. Oh, of course. It's now that. we're getting it. You need the, you need the more G-rated stuff. <laughs> Here, let's throw this one at you. I'd be surprised if you knew this. This was '80s. You did mention it though. I hear a theremin. This is Jerry Goldsmith, who's just uh, one of the best. This. Give it a, give it a minute. Yeah, I was gonna say. Fast forward a little bit. And you said 80s? Oh, was this Child's Play? No. No, no. A notoriously cursed film. Oh. Many of the actors and actresses in this movie uh, passed away. That's right. Oh, no. I was just Including a little girl. A little girl is a main character. You mentioned it earlier. Oh, Jesus. Oh, uh, po- Poltergeist? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is Poltergeist. Small, a little little story about that. My friend who lives in Simi Valley yeah. um, lives 
next door to the house that had the scene where oh, wow. it comes out of the the sidewalk yeah. and like it comes out like that was that their, house huh? yeah it's that house right next to hers I think. Wow. yeah so yeah just a little tiny connection to poltergeist that's there, cool yeah i was Wow, I've so- always wanted to visit houses. We visited the Michael Myers house. It's up in Pasadena. Okay. You know, it's, it'd be cool to visit, like, the Poltergeist house, the Amityville Horror house, you know, see those in person. Yeah, because the Amityville Horror house is, is um, God, that gave me nightmares for years. <laughs> That's I a pretty the, I messed up book. movie. I read the book in, in oh, high you? school, and it gave me nightmares. Oh, my God. But it was a great book. It was just, but it was messed up. Yeah. So, the black flies everywhere. Oh, The black flies, and then just the opening scene of the, the, the guy, you know, murdering his whole family. It's just, just brutal. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Uh, we'll do a couple more for you again. Uh, happy October. Check out Lost Monarchs. We don't mean to distract from your band here, but oh, we're having some right. fun. Let's do it. Uh, here's a be uh, best contestant I can. I want to say this is post 2000s, oh, okay. a little newer Halloween uh, franchise. Okay, maybe the 1990s. Now I might have to go through a list here, but Saw. Yeah, you got it. Ah. I want to say I remember this because I remember seeing the first um, uh, commercial for like Saw One, going, "Wow, they went there!" Like yeah. I was like, "They're really going there with this." <laughs> I was like, "Wow," because I had seen I grew up with horror from the '80s, not oh, really sort of avoiding it in general. Because Mother never liked it. She's like, "You can't watch that," and I'm like, well, "Fine, whatever." <laughs> so I was always watching like concert films from the Allman Brothers instead of like you know there that you kind go. of crap. So like, yeah. um, but no, that's that was one that was like, "Oh yeah." That sounds right. Yeah. That's, right. Oof. Saw was, uh, yeah, it is one of the bigger sort of horror franchises, if you think about it, in the, in the past 20 years. Are they seven in right now, or six or seven movies? Just trying to figure out the most brutal way to torture a person, you I just, know? I feel like you get to a cap with that. You're like, well, we <laughs> what else can we do? Yeah. What else can we do? What was your favorite movie as a, as a kid? Horror a, movies a in, in favorite, the 80s. Ooh, Nightmare I mean, on Elm Street, stuff like that? I would say Nightmare on Elm Street. If I, was, if I messed with them, it was that. Just because, um, I don't know, just because it was a fascin- It was a little bit of a fascination as a young boy. Yeah. Like, what's this all about? Like, everyone, totally. like, I'd see people wearing the shirt or, you know, the, right. where they dress up as Halloween, at Halloween. I'm like, okay, fine, what is this? And I saw it, I'm like, eh, okay. And the you know. claw, you know, he's got the claw. He's oh, a yeah. character. It's a great character oh, yeah. that uh, Wes Craven created, yeah. That one gave me nightmares. Uh, Mom and Dad, you know, if they're listening, man, you played that movie for me way too young. (laughs) I'd have the night terrors as a kid, you know, I'd I'd wake up and sort of walk around the house and still see shit. I remember a couple of them, but uh, I think I saw, you know, I think uh, Nightmare on Elm Street released in 84 and I was born in 80. Um, Way too young, Mom and Dad. Yeah. No, I love you guys, but... I was always more. Jesus, no. Just I was I was Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. I was that kind of action adventure movies in the in the eighties at least. Right. You know, Die Hard and all that. So yeah. What are your Halloween plans this year with your eight year old? Oh, with my eight year old. You um, go out. You go and trick or treating. Yes, cool. we're gonna. Um, I think we usually do it this way, where we send mom and her out to go run the neighborhood. Yeah. I watch the candy stand at the at the garage, and because we uh, a lot of our neighbors historically have kind of like opened their garages yeah. and we'll put out tables, and because we live in this. Um, townhome complex where everything looks the same sure. and there's a real long driveway between all the sets of uh, different garages and so we just set up there and do that yes. and and so we'll probably trade and then I'll go back out and do some more with her until That's they're cool. done and so you know it's, it's all for her really yeah you know it totally and is. Uh, you know I'll have a fire in a in a, uh, a can like outside my in the garage in there yeah. um, 
So yeah, I get this like solo stove with the big mama jama. So it's, it's like having a campfire outside. It's real nice. It's a good so. community to, for Halloween. Yeah. Like track track houses kind of thing. Like yeah, a, basically. Not yeah, too like, far. You got house by house. Exactly. And they all look the same. And we all just like, they're either, it's either a first story or two story. And it's got there you go. eight garages or 16 garages on the lane. So, That's it's, cool. you know, most of us open up our garages and, you know, and, and hand out candy that way. Yeah. Because that way kids can just be like, oh my God. And they just walk down and there's like seven people set up. They're like, here and right. here. And they don't have to go to all the doors and everything. Yeah. Screw so, all this walking. I know. Just so, give me the candy. The kids love that, that, that we set it up that way. So, yeah. I'm excited. Last year we did, you know, 2020, obviously. Oh, yeah. The year everything sucked. But, uh, um, you know, trick-or-treating was different. So I feel like Halloween will be back to normal this year, right? Yeah, I, f- I feel like it will be. And, and um, you know, those who need to be cautious can be. Right. And, you know, and I hope all people have been cautious up to this point. And, yeah, I don't think we're nearly in, this, in the same red zone as we were last year this time no, at, all. at all. I mean, now that we've got a solution, at least there's, you know, right. a tenable solution for most people. Yeah. That's yeah. oh, that's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed, right? And we got the school mandate coming for vaccination, so maybe just vaccinate kids as they trick or treat. Just jab them. You know, and, and the funny <laughs> thing is about this jab, I tell people, I'm like, you remember the flu shot? Ouch, right? Yeah. Needles like this long, and, and for the radio audience, it's uh, six inches long. Yeah. And they stick it into your. Okay, they still do that, but for the 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 vaccine for COVID, dink, it's just a little prick. You yeah. barely even feel it. I mean, it's it's literally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just. Boop, done yeah. and and some people have had negative reactions but that depends on the mixture you get from which pharmaceutical and you know because there's sometimes people are allergic to this or that in it but overall <laughs> i've heard zero people dying so yeah. but um way more dying from covid sorry not an anti-vaxxer <laughs> i'm gonna put that right out there so vaccine and covid talk the most horrifying thing we could talk about this month <laughs> this is scarier than Halloween. <laughs> anyways unplugged uh what's gypsy trails Gypsy Trail, yeah. Gypsy Trail coming yeah. up here. Uh, we'll move the mics around. We'll shoot some video. We got the Bones Brothers uh, joining Ben. You'll see them. Uh, check it out. Palapalooza <laughs> Unplugged on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening. Happy October. Happy Halloween. Unplugged tune by Ben coming up next. Drifting in the cool air 
in my, my, my Won't you show me where I'm going My, my, my Won't you give me A little bit of your peace So someone I can lay my weary hand Oh, even if the grass would be my bed In the change of seasons Can't you stay? I do. Gotta move it on. Gotta move it on. Finding my way. Yeah. Make me that living. Oh, don't know where I'll find it. With these sweetest wines. Oh, I want. Until I'm weary Till I reach my home Yeah, I do My, 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 my Won't you show me where I'm going My, 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 my Won't you give me You'll be Just a little piece of what's mine, mama, yeah Ooh, yeah Na, 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 no, 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 And I'm walking that gypsy trail Until I find my home Then from Lost Monarchs That was a killer performance Be sure to follow Lost Monarchs on social media At Lost Monarchs Well in this episode with a spooky song from local Safety Orange, Dance with the Wolf. This has been Palapalooza Halloween Episode 1. I'm your co-host Lucifer. I'll see you all real soon. <laughs> Can't hide it
turn away Got a pump, pumping, but you can't escape There's nothing around, looks like it's too late Palooza. I'm the Lapalooza. 